0: Steve Lanham may contain spoilers, may contain spoilers.
1: On tonight's May Contain Spoilers, we find out if the odds are in the favour of Hunger Games Catching Fire. As well as that, we'll take a look at this week's crowdfunding corner, which drew has tracked down for us. And we'll also have next week's new releases and also some film news. So all of that's coming up in the next hour of the show. So if you've seen a film this week, then let us know what you thought of it. Particularly if you've seen the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Tweet us at film spoilers or email maycontainspoilers at hot1028.com. And Atlas taken from the soundtrack to The Hunger Games Catching Fire. You're listening to May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham.
2: I'm Drew Bridger. And I'm J.P. Stockwell.
1: And coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be reviewing The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Also, uh, if you've seen anything else in cinemas this week, then tweet us at film spoilers or email maycontainspoilers at top1028.com. Should say this is episode number 116 because we seem to forget to do that other than when we are pre-recorded. And uh, because we are pre-recorded this week, I've remembered. So it's always good to get that out of the way every now and again. Very well. Yes, don't be (laughs) too enthusiastic. (laughs) If Uh, you say so. Yeah, so uh, as well as uh, The Hunger Games, we'll also have the usual stuff that we have on the show. So Drew has found a crowdsourcing corner for us this week, which has a local twist to it, which is always uh, a good thing. And uh, JP, you've got Sofa Cinema. Any theme? There is. There is a theme? Yeah. I heard the three films, and I didn't even notice it, so I'm looking forward to hearing what that theme is.
2: uh, Obviously, you know, Loosely. It's always a a loose That's the best we can hope for Normally A loose theme
1: The best themes
0: sometimes Are the loose ones
1: That's very Very prophetic of you uh, Drew Well done So all of that Is coming up In tonight's May contain spoilers But let's get down To our first review Of the week Which this week Is the huge film And I think it's Something like The fifth biggest film uh, Takings wise Of all time Have I imagined that? I think it's Like the third biggest Opening of
2: the year Third I think it was Third biggest Yeah biggest weekend Okay well, yeah, I was of, close Yeah, with my the, spurious the, statistics. There are always these weird records, you know, like fifth biggest something of this particular month in this country type thing. Yeah. But,
1: but who's really keeping count anymore? Yeah. I yeah, mean, well,
0: do these things really matter?
1: I'm sure to the studio it matters hugely. But uh, anyway, so that's, of course, The Hunger Games Catching Fire, the second installment in The Hunger Games... Uh, trilogy of books possibly four films is it have they confirmed whether it's going to be four films I think they have yeah okay so four films two from the The last book as is uh, kind of tradition now and the story of Hunger Games Catching Fire is Katniss Everdeen and Peter Malark become targets of the capital after their victory in the 74th Hunger Games sparks a rebellion in the districts of Panem you two have a very simple task
2: I don't remember anyone to get killed he has to know that
1: what are you talking about who has to know what Snow he came to see me He's worried about rebellion in the districts. He thinks that they don't believe our love story. You know,
0: Candace, you should have told me that before I went out there and tried to give these people the money. I'm sorry.
1: I didn't know what to do. Katniss,
2: what were you thinking? Please, please, just help me get through this trip. Please, just help us get through this trip. This trip, girl, wake up. This trip doesn't end when you get back home. You never get
0: off this train. You two are mentors now. From now on, your job is to be a distraction so people forget what the real problems are.
1: So, Hunger Games Catching Fire is directed by Francis Lawrence and stars Jennifer Lawrence. uh, No relation, I believe. Uh, Liam Hensworth, Jack Quaid, Taylor St. Clair, Woody Harrelson, uh, and various other people. Josh Hutchinson, as well, I should say, is Peter Malak. What did you guys think of the Hunger Games Catching Fire? Well, much like last week,
0: um, this time I'm not so concerned that someone's following me and um, documenting my life. Um, as, as I slowly progress through my daily habits. Um, what did we see last week? I even Don remember John. not Don John, yes. So, oh, you know, I'm not as worried about it this week. Um, however, my microphone is sinking. That was very <laughs> strange. <laughs> if I went off mic very suddenly, then that's why. It lost interest in you. It so lost, lost interest. It fell asleep. Um, I can only apologise. Um, I'm, I'm just going to start things off by saying I felt very... Uh, unusual while i was watching this film because i wasn't sure whether to like it or to hate it on the basis that i did really enjoy the film but i felt like for the most part of it i was watching the first film again right if that makes any sense to the degree that it was a lot of the same exact same progression of the first film it's like we're back with them at district 13 uh, sorry, District 12, even. There is no District 13. That's kind of the point. Um, we're back with them at District 12, and we get that they're poor, and they've won the Hunger Games, and now they're going back to the capital, and they have to see all these other people. It and treads still familiar with, beats. It does yeah. tread a lot of familiar beats, and it's almost... But it's, the thing is, it's almost exactly the same points as it was in the first one. It's almost like... It's it's drawing a parallel, but not
1: deliberately. Mm. Did you like the first film? I can't remember. I really no, I really liked the first I think film. I, I've only seen it that one time, and I think I liked it. I remember being yeah. quite impressed with it. And as someone who who saw Battle Royale as well, you know, yeah. I thought it's quite an interesting thing to to have done to make this kind of kids well sort of kids film
0: Well, some quite what like I,
2: a grim subject YA yeah. as they call it like yeah, young, young adults, adults. Yeah.
0: what I really liked about the first film is something that got a little bit overlooked in this film but not quite too much and it was the whole sort of socio-political undertones of the first film and sort of you know the political effect on the media and how we've progressed into a nation of reality tv people
1: and i think it just takes a different look at it so in this in that's what it does in the first film this seems to be a lot more about the idea of revolution. Yeah. And yeah, and the idea of Katniss as uh, a symbol of hope for these people in these kind of downtrodden zones who were doing mm. various naff jobs while people in the capital were eating lots of food and wearing ridiculous clothes. And I I like that stuff. And the introduction the introduction of Philip Seymour Hoffman as cause I don't think he was in the first film, was no. he? No. It's introduction no, he's of taken him, yeah. over
2: from Wes Bentley's job. Right. He as,
1: as game, the, the games like, master manager, whatever yeah. he's called. Yeah. Uh, the games maker. He um I thought he was very good, and he's always very kind of watchable and believable as a politician, although he does seem to be... As a bad guy as well. Well... As a sinister guy.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to say bad guy. Sinister sort of overlord kind of He has
1: sort of uh, uh, an interesting um, job, which means that he is essentially the bad guy. So, yeah, no, I I agree that it does a lot of the same things in Catch and Fire that it did in the original film, but it seems to amp them up a bit, which is what happens with a lot of sequels. So you get... um, them having the training montages but it's slightly more at stake and then you get the the, the Hunger Games because all, all of these films seem to start off like you said start in the district then to the capital training finish with the Hunger Games Yeah. and my kind of criticism of the film is get to the Hunger Games like I felt like we spent far too much time trying on clothes with Lenny Kravitz Talking mean, to ta- people. Talking to gay Jay Leno. You're talking to all sorts of people
0: that I have no interest. <laughs> Played by in. Stanley Tucci, who does not say genetically modified bees
2: this time. <laughs> no. Which I was
0: very disappointed. It is great though. I wanted Incredibly Stanley Tucci to yeah. say
2: something I, like I, that. I definitely enjoy Stanley yeah. Tucci. But uh, His it was just mad camp performance. He's the, like
0: a gay Jay Leno Jonathan Ross kind of hybrid.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was just the, the Hunger Games is, is really enjoyable it's just that it just takes so long to get to that point that you just think come on you know the film's called The Hunger Games let's have some, some killing and some running around in the jungle and well, yeah, It's like that.
2: kind of odd you say that because I've heard a lot of people saying that yeah we do seem to tread familiar ground and they are waiting for The Hunger Games and that a lot of people did Feel that it was long as well. But oh, it's for, long. It feels long. Well, that was the yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I it didn't is. feel. I didn't really feel too much of that, to be honest. Oh, I, did, I, I, I definitely no, did. It was weird. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think it was short, but at no point did I feel it was dragging or anything. And obviously, I should probably pre- fit, uh, preface this by saying I did really enjoy the movie too. I, I liked the first one quite a bit, but I think I liked this one a bit more, probably mm. for the reasons that it does. You know, seem to amp up some of the stuff a bit better. And probably one of the stronger points of this is that I remember when we were talking about the first one, that some of the graphics and the CGI stuff, particularly with the action in The Hunger Games, was quite well i think your quote was pretty ropey yeah no (laughs) i I definitely remember that that. i think that they have improved on that i think it was the dogs
0: more than anything in the last one in in the the first one. while uh, we're on
1: the subject of of kind of um special effects and cinematography and stuff like that my other criticism of, of the film and i did i did enjoy catch and fire i have to say um but i do have some problems with it and a major one for me is the whole time, that, well a lot of the time that they're in the actual Hunger Games in this kind of jungle arena is spent in the dark and I found that, and this might be deliberate so that they can hide the amount of gore and kind of destruction and death to keep the rating though but I found a lot of the time while it was in the dark I just couldn't see what was going on I found it very very kind of (laughs) grey and... Slightly kind of confusing as to what was happening at points. Like I couldn't see who was being attacked, mm. what they were being attacked by, and I, I do think that some of that is deliberate, so they don't have to show the blood and the kind of people being popped off and losing limbs and stuff like that. It, it's to, to keep it at whatever 12 yeah, a or that, whatever. Yeah. yeah, That that yeah. is a
2: quite a common, you know, masking thing. But it just doesn't look. To, it, it looked very grey and sort of washed out and oh, just not I'd, particularly interesting. I'd, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure I completely agree i mean maybe i i see there is there are some parts that are in the dark but i think it do comparing it with the first one at least i think it's pretty leaps and bounds over it and probably the big part of that is because the whole arena sequence was shot in IMAX now. I don't think Mm. anyone saw it in IMAX. No, no. Um, But I think you can... So essentially the whole Hunger Games part of it was shot in IMAX? Yeah, and and if you went to go see it in an IMAX theatre, the whole picture would shift aspect ratio and apparently this is, uh, you know, talking of records again, this is the first movie I think that's had the longest continuous IMAX Sequence. It's about a fifty-minute sequence, whereas mm. you know, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises have more footage in total. But it's kind of interspersed. I was going to say the stuff.
0: whole the whole last third of the movie, which is about fifty minutes yeah. worth of footage, is probably the most interesting bit. Yeah. And again, like I don't think the actual games part of this was quite as impacting as it was the first time around. Because I think we we're, we're forgetting that the main difference this time is. They are not kids fighting other kids this time they 're kids fighting adults they 're fighting other victors from other hunger games so they 're not kids anymore they 're they're, they're grown ups so some are older like, than others some are older yeah. than others obviously but they 're not you know,
2: in- in- inexperienced kids no so it 's not more so it 's not
0: quite as drastically sort of traumatic in a way as the first film was it's, it doesn 't have that you know traumatizing They're impact it's still killing those people, the people. Yeah. they are and, and that in a still way, happens in, in a way but you feel you feel a little bit less bad about it in a way because all of these people have done that before. They're not, they're not as naive, aren't they? Not, they're They're not, not just kids out. There are people that have had to kill to survive. Yeah. They're 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 grown ups that I, yeah, I can, you know I, I kind kind of have think, had
2: to do it before. I think that feeling though is probably replaced by the idea that because these are all professionals, then at least you know there's that they're, the assumption is that they're more skilled so then the kind of there's jeopardy there's an element of danger the, yeah the jeopardy yeah. is kind of higher so then your excitement from the action of these more professional people doing it replaces that that's what yeah, I thought yeah
1: I did still feel a, a certain amount of te- attention for Katniss when she was in the kind of arena and uh, and playing the, the this game, is, but- because this is
2: like fairly recently that all these other people have done it before, you know, yeah. some years ago or more or less, but she only just came out pretty much.
1: My the last only one. My only slight issue with it was that Josh Hutchison, who plays Peter the kind of one of the two love interests, Liam Hensworth being the other one who's the guy back at home, she she kinda of falls in love with Peter in the first one to survive the Hunger Games but does she really love him they have this whole kind of pretending to be in love in order to survive and there's a suggestion that only one of them will be able to survive this Hunger Games, only one person, of everyone who's in it and uh, so their love won't be able to carry on and I found that every time that he was in danger and that happens quite a lot, I didn't at any point think that he was going to die (laughs) and not giving anything away to whatever he does in the end, I think the amount of times they put him in jeopardy I just, like, oh, come on, again? Like, oh, he's, you know, he's passed out again. How did he manage to to last this long?
2: That's the slight danger with having, you know, any adaptation where you know there's going to be multiple sequels because you think, you know, well, you don't know 100%, but you can be pretty certain that you know, the main characters... You can make an educated guess. Yeah, won't kick the bucket by the first and the second movie kind of thing.
1: And it's it's sort of thing you can uh, you can level that at, like, James Bond, and I love James Bond, and, and I don't yeah. seem to have a problem with that, and you know that James Bond's not going All to die. All the Marvel
2: movies. Yeah. You know, yeah,
1: but I just... The more it happened in this film, I thought, oh, you know, the, th- the third or fourth time of him being unconscious, you know, <laughs> I was sort of like... I could maybe do with this once or twice, but it seems a little bit repetitive. But um, I've got to say though, while we're on the subject of, of main of main characters, there were two
0: people that pretty much stole the film for me, if you ask me. Um, one was uh, Jenna Malone. Who plays Joanna Mason She's a new character Yeah she's, I didn't She's a new character yeah, she's She very good. totally Stole it for me I think she was One of the more Interesting characters Of the film And the other guy Who's called uh, Sam Claflin Who plays Finnick O'Dare
1: Yes, he's the, the sort of
0: dashing, charming one.
1: Yeah, and they they form allegiances throughout yeah. the uh, the film, so you get to know all these people. Jeffrey Wright is in it as well, and they they have different expertise as well, which Nuts which makes it vaults. more yeah, which yeah. is very good. Yeah. Um, they have different kind of expertise, and that makes it more interesting. And that's where it is good at kind of switching it up. And I like the whole political, the idea of her being a, a symbol and the effect that the first Hunger Games has had on the uh, on the rest of the world and. I did actually find it quite... The emotional parts of it were successful. You know, when you see her going around the different districts and all these people suffering Mm. and she's being made to, to kind of speak out. And I think Jennifer Lawrence, that's the advantage of having someone who is a good actress in... Jennifer Lawrence, who can handle that sort mm. of thing and be believable. If it was someone who wasn't up to it, I don't think you'd, you'd probably buy into it as
2: much. Yeah, so yeah I think she I, is very good. I was going to say that the you know we've been, we've been talking a lot about the ending of the movie, which is the games, but I did enjoy ju- the. I, I maybe not as much because of, um, there isn't any action, but I did actually find that I was enjoying quite a lot of the uh, the the stuff. Uh, leading up to that because I like the whole sense of you know the storm clouds gathering kind of foreboding type thing that bubbles underneath Mm. and I I like that kind of thing and I enjoyed it uh, in this movie as well and And it had a bit of that solving a mystery like how are we going to survive this here's what we need to do we need
1: to tie this to that and do this by this point and move here to do that and I like that sort of thing that that kind of adds to the the fun of, of the whole game uh, situation at the end. So that's part of the enjoyment for me. But I'll tell you what, let's give uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire scores out of five. Drew, you can go first.
0: Um, All right. Well, I think it's only fair that I kind of give Catching Fire the same score that I gave Hunger Games because, like I said, it did feel like it was retreading a lot of familiar ground in this. Um, But at the same time, it did feel like a bigger better movie somehow um you know there's there's a lot of better effects there's kind of slightly more compelling characters the whole last 50 minutes of the of the film the last act when they're in the games is really really good um, so it felt like a bigger, better film, even though it was slightly familiar in places. So I'm going to give it four stars because that's the same score that
2: I gave *Hunger Games*. Okay, four stars for *Catching Fire* from Drew JP. I'm going with four as well. I think I actually I think I liked this better. I think than the than the first one. I think I may have given the first one around about four as well. Um, but overall, I, I you know I enjoyed. I thought the effects were better. I thought the supporting characters in in the *Hunger Games* itself were better than the original one I liked the whole under the undercurrents of the you know this uh, revolution happening and, and all the stuff leading up to that and of course obviously Jennifer Lawrence is pretty much the saving grace <laughs> of this uh, of, of this franchise so four from me
1: Okay two fours from JP and Drew, four Hunger Games catching fire as for me I am going to give it a 3.5 I think and I could lean towards a 4 because I did really enjoy it myself too but I think it might need to be watched again for me to be able to make that sort of decision I did just feel that it dragged a little bit in places Mm. but lots to enjoy about it and um the the whole as I, I said several times hunger games part of it is is my favorite
2: part so there's plenty of that to enjoy if you like that in the first i just bit. like the fact that we have you know uh, another series like this that's a good one that, yeah. to, that you can follow because obviously you know harry potter and other things like that have kind of stopped yeah and, so uh, is and is I, I like up. this one enough and enjoy it enough that i like that you know, I, I like a good franchise well I
1: wonder how um, how they're going to do it with the, the two films of the last book because I mean I've not read them but it seems that the books have the, the, the set pattern of district uh, capital Hunger Games you couldn't really have a whole film without Hunger Games in it I wouldn't have thought and and you probably would struggle to split them I don't know I mean it depends what happens in the book I suppose but it'd be interesting to see what they do with splitting a book into to two parts for the last film so anyway if you've seen Hunger Games Catching Fire tell us what you thought of it maybe you really liked it like we did or maybe you just thought it was rubbish get in touch
0: with the team now tweet us at film spoilers or email us on make and take spoilers at hot1028.com
1: Still us come on make the same spoilers We've got safe Cinema this week Chosen by JP Also Drew has uh, selected a crowdfunding corner for us But taking us uh, up to our safe Cinema Here is Technotronic and Pump Up The Jam Pump up the jam Pump it up While your feet are stumping And the jam
2: is pumping Look ahead the crowd is jumping
1: Technotronic And Pump Up The Jam, which was taken from a soundtrack to a film which you will find out very soon. If you're good, you will already have recognised that as being from a specific film and you won't need us to tell you where it's come from for cinema so this week JP has chosen three films with a theme he tells us uh, that you can see on Freeview over the next six days or so Uh, so JP what have
2: you found for us and why have you uh, chosen them well shall I reveal the very loose theme of course I think you shall as ever okay well it's essentially just little 90s gems okay that is quite a loose theme but I like it yeah it's, it's funny when you know, you're know you trying to find a theme and then you have to try and stick to it when you're looking through the films. So, uh, but I think I've succeeded. Yeah. So the first one, of course, fr- that soundtrack that we just played is from uh, Space Jam, first pick. Um, that's on at four o'clock at, on uh, Saturday the 30th on the Five Star channel. Which is a
1: Channel 5 spin-off type spin-off, thing. Spin-off, yeah. They can... One of my favourite things about Space Jam is, uh, and I remember seeing it when I was uh, a younger person at the cinema, I even, as I was saying younger to you guys... Younger than you are now.
2: Much younger than I am uh, now. I think it came out in '97. Yeah, so, so that was whatever the maths 15 that. years ago, I suppose. Yeah, ish, yeah that works that,
0: 16, about that, yeah. yeah.
1: So when I was much, much 10, younger, yeah. I remember um, going to see it and buying a, buying a song from the soundtrack. And uh, the thing that's kind of well known about Space Jam now is that the website for it still exists. Have you seen this? Like the original. Yeah, no, s- really? Yeah, like, it's like a. A time capsule for, for old websites. So the original website. Oh, brilliant! And you can imagine what a website from 1997 looks like. Well, that is the Space Jam website. I might put a link to it because it's fantastic. So <laughs> if you really like kind of nostalgia That's for yes. old internet, does check it even it out. load
2: slowly? I think like I think
1: mm, I think broadband means it now doesn't. But I think no. it's got the kind of scrolling text and yep. gifs and digital um, MIDI music things like that. Amazing. So Space Jam. Brilliant. Like, did
2: you, it was on five star. Five star. Yeah. On. Uh, that's uh, the thirtieth um, on the Saturday, the thirtieth at four o'clock. Uh, the second one I've gone for is the Little Vampire. Um, it's probably you know past the um, the Halloween tie-in for this, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, as I say, another little nineties gem. I know nothing about this. Who is it, John, Jonathan Lipnicki? Right, yeah, the uh, the guy from and Richard um, E. Grant. Uh, it's the, uh, the the boy is from um isn't it uh, Stuart, Stuart little. little and a bunch ah, of other right. things, yeah. Um so yes, that's on at four forty five on Sunday the first of December on ITV two. Uh the second one third, sorry, I should say, uh choice is um also on the Sunday. Uh, the first on ITV2, so it's a double bill. You'll have to do with this. This is, you know, how how much you have to try and stick within these themes. <laughs> that, uh,
0: is there some loose bending of the rules going on here? No, JP? it's just the
2: the next one. It's just I had to I had to go with the '90s one. It just so happens that it comes straight after. So uh, this one is Small Soldiers. Which, again, I know nothing about. Really? No, uh, you know,
0: this was uh, one of Kirsten Dunst's first films, wasn't it? Oh, no, after um, she was in uh, Interview with the Vampire.
2: So what time are
0: Small Soldiers on?
2: That's on at 6.45 on Sunday the 1st of... uh, December ITV2 on ITV2 so there yep. you go those are JP's 90s
1: gems suggested for this week's Sofa Cinema uh, so if you want to do a double header on that Sunday you can take all those films in I probably should too because uh, I didn't really know too much about any of those so it's always good to learn something that's why we're here on Make and take Spoilers still to come in the show we're going to take a look at this week's crowdfunding corner a little bit of film news and also JP has got next week's new film uh, cinema and Blu-ray releases Steve Lanham
0: Make and Take Spoilers
1: Hot radio. You're listening to May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham, and with me are Drew Bridget and J.P. Stockwell. And in the previous part of the show, we reviewed The Hunger Games' Catching Fire. We gave it uh, four-star reviews from J.P. and Drew and 3.5 for me, so positive thoughts from us. If you've seen it, remember, you can tell us what you thought of it by tweeting us at Filmspoilers on Twitter or by emailing spoilers at top 1028com If you missed the review, you can uh, catch it on the podcast. That'll be available uh, from the day after the show goes out live so you can catch up with anything you've missed in the previous part of this show or any other show because there's sort of like a back catalogue so you can go back and listen to our Halloween special that we did or even which is a good
0: one uh, that was a good we, one we, we enjoyed the Halloween one quite a lot that's a uh that's a good one to and, go back uh, and check
1: out. We're also uh, sort of in discussions about doing a Christmas special. So if you've got any Christmas films you think we should be talking about, then uh, let us know what you think. As I say, at Film Spoilers or make it say spoilers at 1028.com is a place to do that. So we will sort of come up with a list of films that we will do for our Christmas special and mention that later on in a, a later show. So all of that still to come before Christmas, which doesn't even seem that far away. No, it doesn't. Which is slightly worrying, because I haven't really actually bought anything yet. But Me neither. Never mind. <laughs> we'll worry about that when we get closer to the time. Crowdfunding Corner. So anyway, on with film-related stuff and less about my Christmas shopping. Drew, <laughs> what have you got crowdfunding corner-wise for us this week? Okay, well this is one that's been on our radars for a little while, but
0: we haven't actually gotten around to mentioning it yet.
1: Yes, I saw it as a blip on my radar, yeah. um, and I just kind of ignored it, it's, it's, th- thought it was a scratch up. on the screen, rubbed it off, but then it just stuck around, so we thought yeah. we should look into it.
0: I thought I'd, I'd sneezed on my screen, but apparently I hadn't. I have no um, idea. It doing, yeah. Okay, so basically, there is a cinema in Sandown on the Isle of Wight, which if you are along the south coast of England, uh, you will know where the Isle of Wight is, and if you are not from the south coast of England, then you probably don't care. But you might care that it is one of the oldest cinemas in the UK and um, it is called the uh, the Rivoli cinema I nearly said ravioli that <laughs> ravioli would have been really bad that would have been terrible it's a it's a cinema made entirely of pasta Um it play is the, Italian <laughs> <films>. yeah <laughs> it's the <laughs> spaghetti westerns <Yeah>. yes <laughs> oh, I was thinking so hard for a joke then and you, you just completely blew uh, me away save the Rivoli cinema on uh, Sandown on the Isle of Wight this, so is, this, this is an it, Indiegogo it isn't actually Actually, a cinema at the moment though, is it? I got. No, I think they've closed at the moment. It faces <laughs> the bulldozers next spring.
1: Right. Um, a, I suppose it, you should say yeah. it's uh, it's a cinema building. So it's it is the kind of classic um, sort of big Art Deco frontage theatre. And uh, yeah, yeah, with the uh, with the sort of. Open, the the double doors at the front and yeah. the big foyer the banner thing yeah. from
0: the outside like looking you would at see it, you, you would not think it could be anything other than a cinema think nineteen thirty cinema
2: and that's pretty Absolutely. much what you've got it's a
1: lovely building I'm a big fan of kind of art deco yeah. and sort of stuff the so kids so looks if, you, great. If, you, if
2: you'd seen uh, you know Inglourious um, mm. the, the whole yeah. cinema fetish in that and it's worth. Yeah. You imagine that.
1: On, on a sort of more serious note, it is important to save these sorts of buildings because it, the amount of times you see these lovely old cinema buildings, and they're obvious what they are, and they've been turned into either bingo halls or kind of slightly um, questionable churches. For yeah, the, for churches exactly. you've never heard of, you know. Yeah. Church of the Latter day. Exactly. Brethren of. Apostles, yeah, yeah. Scientology Church. Apologies if you follow the Church of Latter day (laughs) Brethren of Apostles. Apologies if you're Mormon, basically. (laughs) It's important to keep these buildings for what they were originally sort of designed for and planned to because there's no fun for me from going to all these kind of big multiplexes and big square metal buildings that all look the same, big kind of vast hangars with. Three hundred screens that all look the same and all. I don't a bit want to drafty. watch my films in a shipping container. No, I, I, it's nice to have these proper cinemas, and we're lucky in a way, especially on the South Coast, because we do have some smaller cinemas. Things like Harbour Lights, like the Rex Cinema, yeah. uh, the Tivoli. There's all sorts of really nice. Apologies, even the Everyman in Winchester. There's yes. lots of them in the the kind of local area, which are different to those big multiplex experiences. and for everyone that complains about you know all the bad experiences you get in kind of these these big chains and things like that. It's kind of a, a chance for you to put your money where your mouth is and say, okay, well, let's do something about it and support these yeah. these smaller cinemas and save something like the uh, the ravioli cinema, <laughs> the, the, the Rivoli. We so should we should make sure that people know what it's as called. I climb down but, off my my horse. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: You say it's an Indiegogo... uh, This is an Indiegogo campaign. Um, They've raised £6,000 of a... Now, this is going to sound pretty steep. It's a £250,000 goal um, with 16 days left. Right. But wait, because the twist is they don't need to reach the full goal. For it to take effect. All funds that are donated will be put towards the restoration of this building to turn it back into a functioning cinema. So they don't need to reach the final goal. You can... Uh, pledge to this and all funds will go towards the campaign Um, they need a certain amount because they already have certain assets that they're selling off in order to pay off uh certain mortgages or or land lease fees or anything like that blah blah blah, blah, blah. so they don't need necessarily to reach the 250,000 pound goal but it would be nice cuz obviously the more money they get they can make it a better cinema they can put more money towards it they can get more distribution costs paid all of that kind of stuff. So the more of it helps, but they
1: don't need the full lot. I think the, the plan is that if it is successful and they are a, a, able to reopen it as a cinema, that it would be used as part of the Isle of Wight Film Festival as well, which would be exactly. very cool too. Yes, so it's one of the kind of venues for that. So it's on Indiegogo. It's got how many days left? Six days? Sixteen days. Sixteen left. days so left. So still time. Weeks. And remember, it might be slightly daunting to have two hundred fifty thousand pounds to raise, but as you say. Something uh, that you... you we'll go to towards it yeah. all goes to
2: it. All funds will be received. Because obviously, normally, you have to actually reach your goal for all the funds to actually officially go to you. Yeah, but this, so it all goes to it regardless.
1: Yeah. yeah, so it's the Rivoli. Is
0: it the Rivoli? I've now forgotten because you yeah, implanted the, ravioli I think I, my head. I, I, can't, I don't know if it's pronounced Rivoli
1: or, or Rivoli, but Rivoli sounds... Much better. So the Rivoli, uh, Rivoli Cinema in Sandown on the Isle of Wight is this week's Crowdfunding Corner. So you'll be able to find a link to that on our Twitter, at Film Spoilers. We'll also try to put a link to it on our Facebook as well. So if you want to go and pledge some of your hard-earned cash towards saving that lovely old cinema, that's the place you can go and do it. Drew will be back with another Crowdfunding Corner on next week's show. Roachford and Cuddly Toy, taken from the soundtrack to Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, which is out on DVD and Blu-ray next week. If you haven't seen it, definitely track it down. Put it on your Christmas list, because if you're an Alan Partridge fan, it is fantastic. Although, if you're an Alan Partridge fan, you've probably seen it. What sort of Alan Partridge fan are exactly. you if you didn't go and see it? Maybe you were so busy. I don't know. I'm not sure I'd buy that as a reason. Maybe to you honest.
0: were stuck in a radio
1: show like we are now. <laughs> We saw and it. You, we we
0: did yeah. see it, but it's our job to see That's it. That's true. Things, uh, you so. are
1: listening to May Contain Spoilers, and uh, earlier on in the show, JP did his Sofa Cinema. I'd like to kind of throw in one extra thing, which was on last week's Sofa Cinema, which is still available to watch, which is Blackfish, which uh, was the documentary about Killer Whales and SeaWorld. Uh, Drew, you had it on your list. It's yeah. still on the iPlayer. Because it is. It was repeated. It is Tuesday night? Yeah. Monday Uh, night.
0: it was it was repeated on Monday night. Monday night. So it'll be there Yes. Yeah it was. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it'll be there for another six days basically. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's a fantastic film. Completely changed your your opinion on sort of uh captivity for whales and things like that, if you, if you didn't really know anything about it beforehand, if you thought it was a good thing. So it's quite harrowing, but definitely a worthwhile thing to uh, to check out. So that's Blackfish. it would be on the BBC iPlayer and it would be on there for the next sort of four, five, six days, something like that. Yeah. So uh, check it out while you still can. Now, uh, let's take a look at some film news this week. And it's been quite a, a big week for, uh, for news because uh, we obviously... Had a and I, look, I said this in the song there. Have you seen anything else in cinemas this week? And I, I thought I hadn't, obviously completely forgetting that technically I had because I saw something that was in cinemas, and that yeah. was Doctor Who: The Day of the Doctor. Yeah, which I was I didn't manage to see in
0: the cinema again because I was I actually had to work that night because of that. Um, but I saw it and I thought it was it was phenomenal. It was better than an episode of Doctor Who kind of had a right to be because it was at it's, i've recently reached this stage with doctor who where i was kind of like ah the writing's starting to slip i'm not really enjoying it as much and you know i might. get and then this big event happened and i suddenly got really excited about it and then i watched it and i was like ah
1: you've made me feel feelings again so you would you consider yourself a whovian i believe I, that's the term for i i would
0: i would yes
1: okay so you you would watch so i i if someone said to you like Doctor Who I say yes but I don't really ever tend to watch any I've seen a handful of episodes over the last few years with David Tennant and Matt Smith and I do quite enjoy it but I'm not someone who would tune in to watch it but I really really liked The Day of the Doctor and of course it's to celebrate 50 years of Doctor Who and uh, it was kind of live on BBC One and also simulcast I think uh, yes. in cinemas <laughs> I throughout- like that term if yes. that isn't
0: already a term let's make it
1: happen uh, TM. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> so and it was also yeah shown Copyright in, in, in cinemas all over the world as well as the UK and in 3D too so it was more than one thousand five hundred theatres on Saturday night and it earned more than one point seven million uh, pounds from its four hundred and fifty locations on the day. So that's that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. And uh, I think that means it went into the box office top ten at number three, below Gravity and the Hunger Games, but above Thor, the Butler, Philomena, kind of a chance of meatballs, the family. It that's went in crazy. above the family, which is a first week release itself. Doctor so. Who is beating Robert De Niro. Yeah. And what what I found interesting about those those kind of figures is that it took from US screenings and we think of Doctor Who as being quite an English thing but obviously it has got quite a big following it's
0: really picked up over there now especially after sort of this big reboot that they had and introducing new Doctors and David Tennant it really took off when they had Matt Smith start Mm. as well over there because they tried to make a
1: really big thing of it in BBC America but even more than that it took uh, £196,000 in Germany who who? Doctor Who? Huge really? in Germany, big in Germany. But yeah, so, <laughs> I mean that 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 might set a trend now for for these kind that of big event things where we thing. we could end up getting them in cinemas and things like that. If they see encouraging figures like that, I mean I don't know how much it costs to to make. I'd guess a lot. It had quite a lot of special effects and things like that. Obviously, yeah. John Hurt was fantastic in it. Matt Smith, David Tennant. They essentially are almost. You, you could get indie kind of. British films that would have them starring them yeah, and exactly. take less money than that so it, maybe this is uh, the, the start of these kind of I mean the In Betweeners is another good example of a TV show that had a successful movie off the back of it I wouldn't be surprised if we do get more kind of TV big cinematic film, releases yeah spin-offs like this which if they're high quality I'm all for but to Abbey will be next that's not a bad shout <laughs> to be honest as soon as they finished the last series a one-off special shown on, on cinema screens as I'd, well uh, I, I'd be down for that Turn up in costume. You heard it here. Well, sort of heard it here first. <laughs> well, I'm sure Julian Fellowes has already thought of it. But yeah, so encouraging figures from Doctor Who for its 50th anniversary special. Yeah. JP, what else uh,
2: was going on in the world of film news this week? Well, probably one of the biggest stories, which you know we can't go massively into discussion-wise, I guess. But you know, it was it was in quite a lot of papers and stuff. Is this uh, whole ongoing? Uh, Uh, controversy about whether or not you should trust the no animals were harmed during the making of this movie uh, quote because uh, apparently it doesn't actually quite live up to its uh, promise. Yeah which
1: I I mean I've never really considered what it actually means I just assumed it was truthful and that that someone was responsible for finding this out why would anyone hurt an animal during filming anyway but I know that in the past in, in sort of the 60s and 70s and exploitation films and things like that animals were kind of harmed in filming and it was just part and parcel of, of making a low budget film but it, this is not low budget films these are massive blockbusters that are I think it lists things like uh, The Life of Pi allegedly and The Hobbit uh, The Hobbit I think, yeah. yeah I think it was sort of um, That's quite strange Sheep and yeah. Sheep and Goats and things like that and The Hobbit but it seems surprising but they're not entirely um kind of unthinkable that this might happen. When you hear it listed that I think in Life of Pi they say that Richard Parker, the the kind of Bengal tiger, almost drowned in one scene and it, it does seem um strange that, that that a big kind of multinational mm. company would allow themselves to get into this sort of trouble. But we, we recently talked about yeah, Friday exactly. the thirteenth on our uh, Halloween special podcast still available and um I, I, I questioned yeah whether you see someone kill a snake in that they cut it in half I think and it looked for for all purposes to me like it was real and I wondered because it was still moving like, yeah. a, like a dead well, it didn't like look like a, like a rubber snake, snake yeah. like a, a snake that's just been killed quite often these things tend to yeah. look quite fake but it looked really realistic to me and I wondered because of the time and the fact it was low budget whether it was an actual animal being killed and you know I, I guess I
2: kind of thought that those days were behind us now but possibly exactly. not
0: no, so uh,
1: where
2: I going? Mean- And I mean the the thing that you know that can uh, also be spoken about in terms of this is that you know a lot of uh, I mean there was a TV show that was uh, that had uh, Dustin Hoffman in Luck recently. Luck yeah. that was cancelled because apparently there was a lot of reports and
1: four horses died. I believe yeah. that's another one it mentions. So I mean, but yeah. It's it's not good, is it? It's not good for the image of the show either for that to happen. So I'd think that they were. Well, I think it was cancelled. Hard,
2: it? That was the reason. That was yeah. the reason why it was cancelled because. Yeah, of that, so. I'm
0: sure there are certain guidelines that they have to meet in order for them to actually get that approval rating. It's just what those guidelines are. Yeah, <laughs> and who's what responsible that
2: allows for, for it? I suppose. Yeah. But anyway, there we but go. Anyway, so segueing from Friday the 13th, uh, there is news that there is going to be a reboot in. Which year? I bet you can guess. 2015, yeah. right? Which yeah, the year so that just, everything's coming. Yeah, there. that
0: everything is getting rebooted or getting a sequel. <laughs> Pouring more into. Well, the, is this, into the plot? Is this a, is this a reboot or is this a sequel? Because I know there was a thir- Friday Thirteenth reboot recently. So is there a chance that this is actually a sequel to that one?
2: Well, it's entirely possible. But uh, all I have read is is re- is reboot. So. Right.
1: <laughs> so that kind of suggests okay. that. Because well, I didn't see... Because I
0: think it could be like a continuation of, of, the, the, most of, of yeah. the most recent one, then. But
1: it's kind of a strange um, beast, it's a strange, yeah. because they've, there's so many films for Friday the 13th. It's like, are you going to
0: go back and do another sequel or another reboot of a franchise that has had both already?
1: I think they will probably carry on with a, a reboot, yeah. because it's probably easier than having to remember everything they've covered in the previous... 10 films or however many it is so yeah not getting too excited about that one if i'm honest but you never know we live in hope that we could get a great friday the I'm, 13th I'm a film. big friday
0: 13th fan so i might go and see it just to see if they completely ruin it and <laughs> miss the point yeah as it were
2: anything else uh yeah there was also some pretty big news that um uh, baz Luhrmann is uh is being uh Tipped is if if that's the word to uh to be involved with a um an HBO series uh, called Napoleon, which was based on one of uh, Stanley Kubrick's un unmade yeah. scripts, and it's also being produced by Steven Spielberg, who at the time it was planned that maybe he would make it much like AI, and that actually did turn out to be made eventually. I think Kubrick had. Spent year. I think it
1: was around 1980, and he spent years and years and years kind of planning it, researching
2: it. I think yeah. I read the article, and originally he he wrote it in something like the late 60s, mm. but he was and he was get, trying to get it made for years and years, and but, he
1: just didn't know how it would work as a film. So maybe yeah. uh, this but is a TV years series. and years
2: goes quite hand in hand with anything that you mentioned with Kubrick. Yeah,
1: he is obviously <laughs> a very uh, OCD with, with these sorts of things but I mean it might work better as a TV series so and it seems encouraging that Spielberg's on board he obviously as you mentioned had a kind of previous with um, AI and Baz Luhrmann has a checkered history of filmmaking but like in general pretty good obviously Great Gatsby and cetera, yeah I mean obviously
2: the way HBO are going now and a lot of TV you know that that with these mini series I, I don't know if I said that it, it is supposed to be a mini series yeah um it doesn't necessarily mean cheap, does it? No, like, no, it can no. be more than uh, the film. Now it's so. generally
0: yeah. the miniseries that are kind of sometimes more expensive. Yeah. Well,
2: it's yeah. the The general consensus now is that a lot of TV has taken over like the mid range budgets mm. of what of films because you don't seem to get as many middle range budget. No, you get uh, the big movies, big blockbusters. you get the big ones and in the indies, yeah. and more of that has moved to TV, which. As as we've probably said before, as long as we can see this stuff one way or another, which with that way, sort of
1: thing, that sort of yeah. budget,
2: I'm sure we will. So, yeah.
1: hopefully Napoleon are coming to a small screen very soon. Um, JP, what's out on
2: uh, DVD and Blu-ray next week? Well, we have a pretty packed week this week. I had to double check that a lot of these weren't, you know, you know, reissues, you know, just a couple of weeks after. But no, it's all <sighs> this week. Okay. So uh, we have Man of Steel, uh, the Lone Ranger. Alpha Papa, as you uh, as you mentioned, Alan Partridge, um, The Hangover Three, all of which are getting steel books. Yes, these are all uh, planes. That includes that as well. Yep. Um, Grown Ups Two, Only God Forgives, and the Smurfs Two. Okay, so as you say, a packed week getting ready for Christmas. What's in cinemas that we can check out? We have uh, Carrie, right? The remake, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, right? Um, the Best Man Holiday yeah which uh, took a lot of money in the states I seem to remember and uh, the animated movie Freebirds yeah the slightly bad
1: looking uh, kids Turkey. film Turkey yeah. so we haven't really discussed what it we're going to review
0: puntacular that mm. if I'm going to be honest like okay it's an animated kids movie it doesn't look that great but I did watch the trailer and there were so many puns in it that I was like everyone lo- like it was the same as cloudy with a chance of meatballs everyone loves a good pun
1: yeah though if it lives up to that level I'd be very surprised <laughs> so we haven't really talked about what we're going to review next week but we will probably have a review of Carrie or saving mr. banks or both depending on what mm. we get to see so uh, that will be on next week's show where we will be live so uh, if you want to listen to anything on this week's show that you've missed or any of our previous shows you can find the podcast type make contain spoilers podcast into a search engine you'll be able to find us we're also on itunes you can follow us during the week on twitter at Film Spoilers you can email us make say spoilers at hop1028.com or you can go to our very lovely Facebook page and see any links and interesting articles that we find during the week uh, so that's all the places where you can find us but until next week until the next show it's goodbye from me Steve Lanham it's goodbye from me Drew Bridger And of course, we had to play this because Only God Forgives comes out on DVD and Blu-ray next week. Possibly our favourite Korean-sounding song of the year. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Cliff Martinez and some guy—I can't remember his name—but what a great way to start the show. <laughs>
0: ไกล